Hello, everybody, and welcome back to True Time, and also Merry Christmas. With the holidays right around the corner, we thought it would only be fitting to do a Christmas true crime case, so this is the Covina Christmas Eve Massacre. everybody hello everyone and merry almost christmas merry almost christmas super exciting it is i am so ready to get my presents (laughs) (laughs) we're about a week away yeah about is christmas eve on or friday friday and christmas is saturday yes okay i probably should have double checked that but i'm just kind of rolling with the holiday season. Yeah, because I work on the 24th, and that's a Friday. Okay, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> so we're very excited with this being the holiday season. Um, yeah. I know not everybody celebrates Christmas who may be listening. Mm-hmm. So Hanukkah ended a little bit ago. So if you mm-hmm. celebrate Hanukkah, I hope you had a wonderful celebration. <laughs> <laughs> And a good time with friends and family. I know Kwanzaa is another one. I'm not 100% sure the exact date. I didn't even know when Christmas was. So, But if you whatever you celebrate, we hope you're having a wonderful season, a wonderful winter season. So, yeah. Yeah, and if you want to let us know what you celebrate and what it's like, the experience, or what it's about, like, feel free to hit us up. I mean, I'm down to learn some stuff about that. Yeah. I know the holidays are such a fun time and it would only be more enjoyable to learn about how everybody spends their season and what gets them excited for the end of the year. And yeah, so speaking of that, we are going to be taking off next Monday, December 27th, Mm -hmm. a birthday. I know I've said that a bunch, but I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, we just want everyone, everyone to know. Don't expect a podcast that that week. Sorry for it, but with Christmas and Avery's birthday, like it was a lot that we just decided to take a week. Yeah. Get a little break. But we are super excited, which means that it's going to be the new year. Oh, yeah, yeah. The next time we do a podcast. 2022. Which is very exciting to me. It's insane. Going into a new year. Kicking off the podcast. We were talking about, I said this has like been the longest year ever for me so far. Yeah, we pretty much did like, I'd say five years worth of life experiences (laughs) in a year. (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. But we're super excited for 2022. And, but before that, we're excited for Christmas too. Yeah, this is a great time of the year just events back to back to back yeah especially with my birthday being thrown in there yeah (laughs) yeah her birthday is the 27th so two days after christmas yeah everybody i tell thinks it's like a terrible thing they're oh i'm so sorry for you i'm like i don't like i don't mind like i like it (laughs) yeah you celebrate christmas and then you get celebrated yep i mean i get i usually have um my own like personal Christmas. My mom would always put my trees, my trees. <laughs> my mom would She's always just buying you trees. <laughs> I love trees on my birthday. 
I mean, I do like plants. A tree wouldn't be the worst gift, but um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <That's... laughs> that was lame. But anyways, um, no, my mom would put my presents under the tree, so I, it would be like my own personal Christmas. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So lots to celebrate. Let us know what your plans are, what you celebrate, and we hope you all have a wonderful celebration and yeah. New Spend Year's. Spend time with family. Yeah. Have a great time. If you're not with family, then you can talk to us. Yeah. We'll talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I think that's all of our news. Yeah. And, uh, Let's get into it. Let's go. Okay. So as I mentioned, this is the Covina Christmas Eve Massacre. So this case occurred on December 24th, Christmas Eve of 2008 in Covina, California, which is a suburb about 22 miles outside of the Los Angeles area. Joseph, also known as Papa Joe, who was 80 years old, and his wife, Alicia Ortega, who was 70 years old, had been married for 53 years. Christmas time was always a special time for the Ortega family, since this is when they would all get together and spend quality time. So, this officially made it their favorite time of year, according to Oxygen.com. Alicia and Joseph had decided to host a Christmas Eve party to celebrate with their family and friends. They had invited their five children, James, Charles, Leticia, Alicia, and Sylvia, and their families, as well as other close family friends, to come over to their home for the party. That's a big party. It's a big party. Oh, there was gosh. around 25 to 30 people in attendance. Yeah, because they have a big family alone. It sounds like five kids. Mm -hmm. and those kids and then probably their kids. kids. Yep. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Husbands, wives. Yep. Nice. Okay. So inside, they celebrated by eating delicious foods and drinking, listening mm. to Christmas music, and filling the home with laughter and conversation. According to the LA Times, as the night progressed, the adults were in the living room playing a game of Texas Hold'em, while the young grandchildren were playing video games and hanging out near the backyard pool. One of the grandchildren, 17-year-old Michael Ortiz, was on the second floor of the home playing on the computer. It was around 11.30 p.m. that night when the party was slowly coming to an end, so most of the adults at the party were in the front room saying their goodbyes and wrapping things up. All of a sudden, there was a knock on the door. Eight-year-old Katrina Yusuf-Polsky, daughter of Leticia, went running to answer it because it was Santa. She yelled, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, as she rushed to the door, according to the LA Times. As she opened the door, however, this Santa Claus shot her in the face immediately. Oh, my. So, wait. He was dressed as Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. I don't like this story already. Yeah. For it being the holiday season, this story is really heavy. So. Oh, my God. At the door was a man dressed as Santa, carrying a wrapped gift in one hand and a semi-automatic rifle in the other. Bro. He also had three other semi-automatic handguns on him. Oh, my gosh. As he entered the home, he began open firing. James and Charles, the two older sons, fell to the ground after being shot. According to the LA Times, Irma Chapa Ortega, who was a first cousin to the adult Ortega children, said, quote, Even bloodied, they got up, they stood up, they tried to grab him to stop him, but they couldn't, end quote. 
this I like most of the time with crazy stuff like this, like it's a personal vendetta, but this just seems random. I don't know. I like I know nothing about the story. Yeah. That is okay. It's terrifying. I'm sorry, keep going. No, you're good. Joseph, Alicia, and their three daughters, Sylvia, Alicia, and Leticia, dove to seek coverage under the dining table, but at that point it didn't matter. All five of them were shot and killed. <sighs> According to Murderpedia.com, they believe that he actually stood over them and blatantly executed them. Bro. The other friends and family in attendance began to run, grabbing their children and escaping the home, screaming, run, run. A 16-year-old girl at the party was shot in the back. However, almost all of the children most likely survived the attack because they were all located near the back of the home. Once the Santa Claus decided he was done shooting, he unwrapped the gift he had brought with him. It was a homemade flamethrower. With it, he sprayed racing fuel gas all over the downstairs wherever he could, and then with the two tanks he had fused together, he started the fire, which caused a huge explosion. The home immediately went up into flames. What the hell is happening? In the explosion, 17-year-old Michael, who was upstairs, died. He had no gunshot wounds, so it was concluded that it was due to the explosion caused by the flamethrower. In total, nine people died in the massacre, and three people were injured. Of the injured was the 16-year-old girl who was shot in the back, a 20-year-old woman who broke her ankle by jumping from a second-story window in an attempt to escape from the home, and lastly, 8-year-old Katrina survived the gunshot wound to her face. How? The bullet hit the side of her jaw, and according to the LA Times, she most likely survived since she turned her head at the last second. That's insane. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad she lived. I know. That's, but this sounds like some movie. Cur like Yeah, like you can't make anything like that up. Have you ever seen like Iron Man 2? No, I know you haven't. <laughs> I know you haven't. But like in Iron Man 2, this dude just like walks out onto this racetrack and has like these insane like weapons and just starts like going ham. It sounds like something like that. Like this is just some mad scientist who, not yeah. scientist. I mean, you don't have to be smart to make a homemade flamethrower. But yeah. I don't know what's going on. This is the craziest story I've ever I heard. I know. It's insane. I couldn't like, it just kept going and going and it just keeps going and going. Oh, the nine victims were Joseph, Alicia, those were the parents slash grandparents, mm -hmm. and their adult children, James and his wife, Teresa, Charles and his wife, Sherry, Alicia, Sylvia, and Michael, who was Alicia's son. Mm -hmm. According to Murderpedia.com, the bodies were so badly burned that the only way to identify them was with dental records. Murderpedia.com is a great website since it basically gathers all of the articles published about the case at the time and puts it onto one page. And it was really heartbreaking to read some of the articles that were published one to three days after the massacre because it just showed how the number of bodies they were finding just increased and slowly all nine people went from missing to pronounced dead. Just because of the fire and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it took time for them to find everybody. Oh my. Like at first it was like, three dead a few missing and then it just like kept rising and rising yeah. with different articles 13 children lost at least one parent that night 
The fire in the home was awful, so bad that the second story of the home actually caved into the first story. God. By this point, multiple neighbors were calling 911 from hearing the gunshots fired and seeing the raging fire. Leticia ran out of the house to get her daughter, who had just been shot in the face, and on her 911 call, she screamed, quote, I need someone to come over and help my daughter. She's bleeding. She's been shot in the side of the face, end quote, according to the LA Times. That sounds like a nightmare. I like couldn't a mother imagine. just holding her child who just got shot in the face. Along with her husband, the three of them were able to make it to a neighbor's home, and they headed straight to the hospital. So their whole family... Was able to survive. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. At least. I know. <sighs> Only a few minutes after all of the 911 calls had been made, police and the fire department were dispatched to the home, and one officer who arrived said, quote, when I arrived, to describe it as apocalyptic would be accurate, end quote, according to Oxygen.com. Sounds accurate. According to Murderpedia.com, it took about 80 to 100 firefighters and an hour and a half to get the fire under control. The home destroyed. I just keep, I don't have words. I'm just like, damn, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys, but that's all I have to say. This is. It's ridiculous. Like, I couldn't believe it when I read it. Police also began to start their investigation by talking to some of the partygoers and neighbors. One neighbor told police that at around 11.45 p.m., she saw a car race off, leaving their cul-de-sac. With that, according to Oxygen.com, police put an APB on the car. There was also some extremely crucial evidence that the police learned at the beginning. The Santa was not a stranger. And this was not a random attack. See, I was saying, when there's insane stuff like this, it's always personal. Yeah, you're on the right track. As soon as the gunshots started firing in the home, someone at the party yelled, quote, it's Bruce, end quote. Leticia told police that despite the Santa suit, she knew exactly who it was. It was Bruce Pardo, Sylvia, one of the victim's ex-husband. Oh my God. Bruce and Sylvia's divorce had just been finalized about one week before the massacre, and it was messy. Sylvia and Bruce were married on January 29, 2006. Together, they moved into a nice half-a-million-dollar home just 15 miles north from Los Angeles. Sylvia worked at a flower-breeding company and made around $31,000 a year, according to Murderpedia.com. I bring up money because it seems to be a constant theme in their backstory. Mm. Sylvia also had three children. From what I could understand, it was two from a previous marriage and one from a previous relationship. Bruce had worked as an electrical engineer at an ITT electronic systems radar systems and made $122,000 a year. And in two years, the couple had saved up $88,500. The two also had a family dog. They had that shared savings, but other than that, Bruce expected his wife to financially provide for her children with her income alone since they had separate accounts. Mm -hmm. He made it clear that since they weren't his children, it was her job to take care of them. That seems like a bad start to a relationship. Of course. However, something Sylvia was most likely never aware of 
was that Bruce actually had a son who was nine years old at the time from a previous relationship. Oh, damn. He hadn't seen his son in years, yet still claimed him as a dependent on his taxes while the boy's mother had no idea about this. Of course. The son acquired serious brain damage and needed full-time care after he drowned in a swimming pool while he was supposed to be watched by Bruce. Bruce never paid for his son's medical care, despite bills getting up to $340,000, according to Murderpedia.com. It's pretty clear that this was an extremely unhealthy situation and their relationship wouldn't last long. Within a little under two years, court documents stated that Sylvia had begun sleeping in a different room in their home and stayed with her parents during the weekends. About two months later is when she finally asked for a divorce. In the divorce filing, she asked for $3,166 for monthly spousal fees. She also stated that in those two months since she'd asked for a divorce, Bruce had brought their $88,500 savings account to $17,000. How? Just blowing it. Damn. In July of 2007, Bruce lost his job at ITT for billing false hours and he was in serious debt. He told the court he was in a monthly deficit and could not make the monthly spousal fees that Sylvia had filed for. With some back and forth from the court, the divorce was settled with Bruce getting the family home, but he had to give Sylvia $10,000, her diamond wedding ring back, and custody of the dog. He was angry that Sylvia wasn't struggling with expenses since she was living with her parents and didn't have to pay rent. She had also recently purchased a nice car, had taken trips to Vegas, went to nice restaurants, and was taking golf lessons. How does she afford that? I just, I think from her family, maybe. I I didn't read how she was able to save up money after the divorce. I'm not sure. According to Murderpedia.com, on the 22nd of December, Bruce was still working on coming up with the money. Everyone outside of the family thought he was a nice guy, and he even volunteered as an usher at a Catholic children's mass every week. He even had told a neighbor he was set to volunteer at the midnight Christmas mass the night of the massacre. Hmm. Only a few hours later, police were called to investigate a home in Silmar, California, about 30 to 40 miles away. The home belonged to Bruce's brother. When the police arrived, they found Bruce dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, according to Murderpedia.com. So he killed himself after all this? Yep. There was an exit wound at the top of his head. This meant that he most likely put the gun in his mouth and the coroner deemed it a suicide, according to the LA Times. They also found $17,000 wrapped to his body and severe second and third degree burns on his arms with pieces of the Santa suit melted into his skin. Oh my God. His brother wasn't there at the time. Instead, he was at another Christmas party when this happened. Mm. Upon further investigation, police found an Air Canada plane ticket and initially believed his original plan was to not commit suicide but flee the country. However, it was discovered that the airplane ticket was actually a trip from Los Angeles to Illinois to visit a friend from high school since he had called and arranged a visit a few days before. 
Do they think it's because, like, he got so messed up during all that stuff? Like, Yeah. So investigators were not able to determine if he truly intended on going to Illinois or if it was a plan to throw police off his trail, according to Murderpedia.com. Okay. But as you just said, it was believed that his burns were too critical and flying would no longer be an option. Mm -hmm. But also, in my opinion, it could just be the fact that he was so in shock from what he had just done. Yeah. But that's a thought I had. Outside near his brother's home, Bruce had parked the rental car he had been driving for the night. In it, police could see the remnants of the Santa suit he'd been wearing. However, it was rigged with a pipe bomb that would explode if the suit was to be removed. What the? It was considered a threat, so a bomb squad was called in. According to Murderpedia.com, in the car, the police also found 13-round capacity handguns and 200 rounds of ammunition. Oh, my some articles say while they were trying to defuse it, it went off, and others say they intentionally set it off since it was too dangerous. But either way, it exploded, and I will post the before and after pictures of the Dodge Caliber on our social media pages. Is it bad? Like, did oh yeah, the car is like it's like this blue Dodge Caliber. Like you can see a picture of like the Santa suit in the passenger seat, mm-hmm. and then the next picture is just this like gray frame. <laughs> like, Gosh gray burnt frame this guy put in a lot of work to just destroy as much stuff as possible yeah absolutely insane it was also discovered that the ortega family were not the only ones on bruce's hit list that night sylvia's divorce attorney and bruce's mother were also meant to be victims on his rampage what the hell? A second rental car was found not too far from Sylvia's divorce attorney's home, and within it was a gas canister, two computers, food, water, and a map of Mexico, according to Murderpedia.com. <laughs> what the? He had like three or four different escape routes, so I don't know. Take that information and think about it as it you will. sounds like his brain was everywhere. Yeah. A police lieutenant said that Bruce wanted to kill his own mother, Nancy Windsor, because she sided with Sylvia on the divorce and was actually going to attend the Christmas party that night, but stayed home because she wasn't feeling well. So she was very she was lucky. to kill his own mom. Because she sided with Sylvia, as she should. Because he's, he's insane. insane. <laughs> so while she learned about the money that was on him, that the police found, she told LA Times, quote, anything that our family realized from Bruce's vehicle, from the money on him, whenever that's released, everything is going to my grandchildren, end quote. Mm. Which I think is really sweet. Yeah. Even though they weren't her biological grandchildren, like she didn't care. Like she loved those kids. Yeah. And she cared about Sylvia. So I, th- I thought that was really yeah, special. Because she was probably a nice person. Yeah. I just, I like that she supported that family after what happened. Yeah. As the years have passed, the Ortega family has worked towards healing and associating Christmas with happiness the best they can, but it's a challenge since everything around this time of year is a reminder. Five years after the attack, Leticia, the only surviving adult child, said that Christmas, quote, will always be there and we continue to celebrate it, end quote, according to dailynews.com. Katrina, the little girl who was shot, now grown, continues to fight for victims of gun violence and advocates for changes to weapon laws. 
She said, quote, I've lived through it and I'm still living my life as best I can. It's not stopping me. It's not instilling fear in me. I want the change. I don't want other families to go through what me and my family went through, end quote. So that's how the family's kind of recovering, the most recent stuff I could find, but that's the story of the Covina Christmas Eve massacre. My mind is just blown back to back to back about how insane that was. I know. It's just like one thing after the other after the other. Gosh. It was unreal. That's so sad. I know. It's it's really sad, especially just like how it's associated to the holiday and everything. Yeah. I mean, our Thanksgiving one was insane. This mm-hmm. one topped it. That oh, one's yeah. insane in its own way. If you guys haven't listened to that one, go listen to that one because that one's crazy. I know. You mentioned uh, last week. Yeah. You mentioned the Thanksgiving case, and I had been working on this one. So I was like, oh, in my mind, was just wait till Christmas. <sighs> yeah, this one was... Heartbreaking. So sad and so confusing and so messed up. It's just so frustrating when someone goes and takes all these innocent lives from a family just for him to take his own. And he was the problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she left him because he was the problem. Yes. And then he killed her or and her whole them. family yeah. almost. Yeah. All of them because of his own problems. Mm-hmm. Like you're the problem. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Somehow. These thoughts just don't cross these crazy people's minds. No, because all that's on their mind is being crazy. (laughs) There's no reason. All they think about is, I'm crazy. (laughs) Wait, what was that noise? I'm crazy. Oh, my God. What should I have for dinner tonight? I'm crazy. (laughs) I'm leaving this in. (laughs) There's a sprinkle of Dylan's true personality for you. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess to kind of end things on a somewhat lighter note, we wanted to make our question of the week kind of <laughs> just gearing. I don't know. I know there's like no good way to, to transition. transition. Yeah, yeah it's sorry like, guys, but we're doing our best out here. Okay, like we've talked about before, we try to go from the scary movie to the funny TV show you watch yeah. afterwards. Like try to help you sleep at night yeah just end it on a nice happy note but i know this story was really really heavy especially compared to last week's yeah my jaw was like dropped the whole time i know if we had video you'd just see me staring at her with my mouth open my (laughs) tongue was dry yeah when i was writing this i was interested to see how you were going to react so yeah it was a lot i know okay but, but as we were saying, the question of the day, question of the week, of the week, day week, it. it's question of the day and of the week. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Are you going to ask it? <laughs> yes. So since we mentioned how we will not be talking to you guys again until the new year, we wanted to kind of kick off our question as what is one goal you have for 2022 dylan i would say to get three quarters of the way done with my degree Mm. with 
however many certifications that includes <laughs> <laughs> a lot. But uh, yeah, I'd say pretty much almost done with my degree. That's a good goal. Yeah. I know you'll kill it. <laughs> I'll keep you accountable. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's a good goal. I think prioritizing school and going into the new year with a determined mindset. You can do anything you set your mind to. Just don't don't be too eager that you're like, I'm going to do this, this, this. Yeah, do it all no. in one month and then you're like, I'm done. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is people are like, I'm starting the new year. I have to start everything fresh. Yeah. And the fact is, it'll be so hard to maintain. Yeah, because I could be like, I'm going to finish my degree by the end of the year. But I'm like, damn, that's a lot of work. <laughs> no, because you got to live a little too. I mean, yeah. it's healthy. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's a good goal. What would yours be, Avery? So I've mentioned mine before, but kind of outside of career in life, I want to have a more personal goal, and that is to read one book a month. So 12 books. If I can read more, that's great. But the goal is to read at least one book a month. That is a good goal. That's a fun goal, though. Yeah, I like it because... I feel like it can be any book. Like I'm not setting myself to something absolutely specific. Yeah. I, it could be a self-help book or... Just reading for enjoyment. Anything enjoyable that I decide that I need that month. And yeah, I just think it'll help my mental headspace. Yeah. It's something that's a healthy habit. Also fun because reading is fun. Yes. And... You can make reading fun. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do when you're overwhelmed or when you have to read a lot for school or for work but for me as I've gotten older I've realized how fun and escape it actually really is when Mm -hmm. I have a lot on my mind so that's why I want to make it a big priority because I found that after you finish reading a book you feel really accomplished first of all like it feels good and then you kind of have just something to take your mind off of what's going on get new ideas flowing like have a fun story just kind of Going through your mind, something interesting, whatever you're into. I don't know. Yeah, I gives just you think something to talk about too. Yeah, something different. I don't know. I think that's what will really help my mental health in the next year is try to do one yeah. book a month. That is a fun one, a good one. Thank you. <laughs> All right, yeah, and let us know Yeah. what your guys' goal will be. It could be one, you, you could send us 12, you could... Yeah, we want to down your monthly goals. I don't know, whatever you want. Whatever it is, let us know because we want to encourage you. And we know, of course, our goal with the podcast next year is to grow and mm-hmm. expand. So we can only do that with you guys. Maybe Avery could start a little book club every month, show which book she's going to be reading so people could yeah, talk to her about it. I could do it. a bonus podcast if I show you guys and you read along and then we can talk <laughs> about it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I guess. Why not? Don't doubt me. That wasn't doubt. It was just funny. Oh. It's an interesting idea. Hey, who knows? This is our podcast. So whatever you guys want to talk about, we can talk about. No. <laughs> it's yeah. our community. Yeah, if you want to talk to us or check out content, our True Time pages are at True Time Podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's Facebook page, Instagram, TikTok. And then Avery's personal is at Avery e hamill yep so and i'll have a lot of pictures for this case so definitely go check them out 
Mm-hmm. And that's on the True Time pages. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then her stuff is just personal. Yeah. I know I will be sharing what we're doing in Texas and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Christmas stuff. The True Time goal is to get more posts going. So if you guys want her personal posts or True Time posts, that's definitely going to start happening more as well. Yep. So. All righty. Well, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, all the good stuff. Yes. And we will talk to you in 2022. See you guys then. See you next year. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.